We will celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation this Thursday. But would you agree with me that we are not always as thankful as we should be? For me, um, real life is illustrated no more clearly than when I am reading the great commentator on life, Calvin, of Calvin and Hobbes. I see some of you read Calvin and Hobbes too. I'm a fan of the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. I was very, very disappointed several years ago when I discovered the creator of Calvin and, of the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip quit doing the strip. Uh, but thankfully, um, we have the Internet these days, and I can go and read Calvin and Hobbes anytime I want. I find that I identify with Calvin in many ways. I came across a Calvin and Hobbes strip recently that illustrates how much I think many of us can identify with Calvin at times. The strip goes like this. In the first scene, I have the benefit of having it here in my notes, so I'm distracted by the comic strip this morning. But in the first scene, we find Calvin. He's standing all alone, and as we often find him, he's yelling at the top of his lungs, hair on end. Maybe that's why I identify with Calvin. I'm not sure. He's yelling at the top of his lungs, Everyone takes me for granted. Nobody pays attention to my needs. In the next scene, he's still standing there all alone, yelling at the top of his lungs, throwing his little tantrum to nobody in particular. Is it too much to ask for an occasional token gesture of appreciation? In the next frame... We see his mother comes running into the picture, arms outstretched, ready to give Calvin a hug. And she says, okay, how about a big hug? He looks up and says, could I get 20 bucks? In the last frame, he's alone again. Good parent. In the last frame, he's alone again, again, yelling to no one in particular, See, I don't matter to anyone. Nobody cares about me. No 20 bucks. Nobody cares, huh? I have a camera that displays the message battery depleted when the battery is depleted and when it needs to be recharged. I think Calvin's perspective battery is depleted. A loving parent definitely beats 20 bucks any day, right? I share that with you because I think it's possible that we could use some spiritual recharging this morning in this area of gratitude and thankfulness. I think we can all benefit from a little perspective adjustment. Calvin needed a perspective adjustment. I think we do too at times. I think we can benefit from this this morning as we gather together for a perspective adjustment on our attitudes of thankfulness and gratitude And though we aren't going to stay here this morning, I'd like you to, you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'd like to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where we find God's intent, God's will for the attitude of the believer. A little bit different this morning, I'm not going to stay in one place for very long, and we're going to be all over God's word, and, and I don't expect you to follow me to every passage this morning, but I would like you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, three verses really, beginning with verse 16. Three simple verses you already know very well, most likely. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father in heaven, as we gather here in your midst this morning with these verses as a reminder of what you desire and your will is for our attitudes as believers, help us because these things do not come easily for us. Lord, please strengthen us with the strength and power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, molding our thinking, shaping our hearts and lives and our desires in a shape that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Three commands, three reminders of what the attitude of the believer should be. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. One commentator notes that a Christian's joy does not spring from his circumstances, but from the blessings that are his because he is in Christ. That's how we can rejoice always. That's how we can pray without ceasing. And that's how in everything we can give thanks because we are the beneficiary of many blessings because we are in Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, you're in Christ and you are a beneficiary of many blessings because you are in Christ. And you can attest to and you know, as I do, that your joy and my joy does not hinge on our circumstances, does it? Because on our circumstances, we find it difficult at times to give joy. But it is because of the many blessings that God gives us because we are in Jesus Christ. And that is the perspective I want to help you gain this morning. If you don't already have it, if you already have it, to remind you where, where you ought to be and encourage you to stay there. Because I think the words unthankful Christian ought to be and had better be an oxymoron, right? Because we know for certain from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that God expects the believer to be rejoicing always, praying always, and giving thanks always. The attitude of the Christian ought to be one of continual thankfulness in all things, constantly. That's not easy, is it? Why give thanks in every circumstance of our lives? I'm here to tell you this morning and to give you some reasons for giving thanks, some really basic reasons for giving thanks. Because as we know from Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, right? So what are the blessings that are ours because we are in Christ what are the blessings? I want to remind you of a few of them this morning and help you and help give you a, a gratitude, a thankfulness perspective adjustment if you need one. And I always need one, so this is good for me, even if it isn't good for you. Okay, so bear with me this morning. I think it'll be good for you. You follow along with me as we go through the scriptures this morning. I'd like to take you to several passages in God's word to consider four reasons to be thankful. 
Now, we won't come close to exhausting the countless reasons for thanksgiving contained in God's word in the limited time we're going to have this morning. But what we see today will give us a good foundation for thankfulness and help us have hearts filled with gratitude as we celebrate the thanksgiving season today and this week. But know this. Let me remind you of something. As you think about thanksgiving, especially this week, right, as we head into our week where we, as a nation, emphasize the thanksgiving aspect of of all the things that we have, You ought to know this. Our thankfulness should not be limited to the Thanksgiving season, should it? If you're a follower of Christ, every day ought to be a Thanksgiving day, right? Where you give thanks every day. So this is a good time for us when we come to Thanksgiving. It's a good time for us as a church and as God's people to be reminded that we ought always to be overflowing with thankfulness. As 1 Thessalonians 5.18 reminds us of the importance of always giving thanks. In everything give thanks, it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I want you to see this morning from God's word that as God's children, we ought to be thankful, especially in four areas especially in four areas. As Christians, we ought to be thankful for what God has given us. That's, as they say, a no-brainer, right? We ought to be thankful for what God has given us. We ought to be thankful as followers of Christ for what God hasn't given us. There's some things that he hasn't given us that we ought to be thankful for. We ought to also be thankful for what God will give us, for what he will give us. And we ought to be thankful for what God will take from us. There are some things God will take from us, and you'll see those. First of all, be thankful for what God has given us. Be thankful for what God has given you. You know, we could make a long list of things to be grateful for that God has given us, but let me just name just a few of the most important things to be thankful for that God has given you and me. First of all, his word. Yes? You ought to be thankful for God's word. The psalmist describes God's word as a treasure. Do you? You describe God's word as a treasure. Do you treat it as a treasure? Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. For some of us, it is a buried treasure under all the other things in our home, right? All week. And then we go searching for it on Sunday. And not be so of God's people, that we ought to treat God's word with respect and love it as the treasure that it is for us. You ought to be thankful for God's word. God's word will always come to pass. Something else to be thankful for about God's word. It will always accomplish what God intends. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You know, I'm thankful as a follower of Christ, that God's word will not return void, that I can depend upon God's word, that it will accomplish what God intends. How thankful are you for God's word, and how evident is that in your life? I'm challenged by the fact that even Jesus gave thanks for the word of God, and so should we. Matthew 11, verse 25 says, And that, at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. He's talking about the things, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God's word. Jesus was thankful for God's word. We ought to be thankful for God's word. Not only was Jesus an example of gratitude for God's word, but he also showed gratitude for the privilege of prayer. 
prayer is a wonderful privilege that God has given us. And I'm suggesting that it is another thing that you ought to be very thankful for. Jesus prayed and thanked God that he hears. Aren't you glad God hears you when you pray? The God of this universe, the creator of the world, hears you when you pray. Remember when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, John 11, verse 41 and verse 42. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus thanked God he had heard him when he prayed. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Be encouraged that God hears your prayers. God cares. He loves you. He wants you to pray. It's a privilege that we have as followers of Christ to be able to talk to God, our creator, and he hears us and cares for our needs. And we have this reminder from Colossians about how we ought to practice this privilege God has given us. Continue earnestly, Colossians 4.2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And note this, Hebrews 4.16 reminds us, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How thankful we should be for the privilege of prayer. How thankful we should be that God hears us when we pray. Me. Little old me. Sometimes I'm like little Calvin in the comic strip. And I just think nobody cares. But you know what? I'm dead wrong. Because God cares. And that's more important than having anybody else care. Not only are we invited to come, but we are told to do so boldly. How privileged we are to be able to boldly come to God and say, God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. And I just bear my soul before you, Lord, and cry out to you for your help and your guidance and your wisdom. I need it. You ought to be thankful for prayer. There's something else that's precious that God has given his children. His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit. Are you thankful for the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit help us? Romans 8, 26 and 27 reminds us that there are times when we are weak and we don't even know how to pray as we ought and the Holy Spirit is there to intercede on our behalf. You ever do that? You ever go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, I don't even know what to say. My heart is so heavy. I have so many needs. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I want the Holy Spirit interceding for me. I'm thankful for that. Are you? The scriptures are numerous as to the benefits of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. I just wanted to remind you of a few of them to help you give thanks for the Holy Spirit. Mark 13:11 encourages that those who rely on the Lord will be given the words necessary to glorify God in times of difficulty. That is hard, isn't it? It's hard to give glory to God in times of very severe difficulty and trial. But Mark 13:11 encourages us that those who depend upon the Lord will have the Holy Spirit's strength to do so. John 14:26 makes it very clear that one of the activities of the Holy Spirit is to teach the saints I don't know about you, but I need a lot of teaching. I need a lot of wisdom, a lot more than I have, because I don't have much, and I need the Lord's wisdom. I need the work of the Holy Spirit at work in my heart and life. 
revealing his truth to me, and so do you. You ought to be thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit revealing his truth to you when you yield to him. Romans 15, 13 encourages us that the Holy Spirit gives the believer hope. I don't know about you, but I need hope sometimes. I think I do know about you. You do need hope too, don't you? John 16, 8 says that the Holy Spirit reproves and convicts sin. Oh, how I need to be reproved and convicted of sin in my own heart and life. And I think you do too. You ought to be thankful for the Holy Spirit who reproves you and convicts you of sin. It is a sign that you are God's child. There's something else that really kind of covers the rest of all the stuff God gives us. We ought to be thankful that God gives us all we need. All we need. I'm reminded that we ought to be thankful for what God has given us and that he promises to provide for all of our needs. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your needs are not necessarily what you think you need. God knows what you need, right? And he has promised to provide for your needs. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It is because of Christ Jesus that he promises to provide for your needs. It's not because you deserve anything. It's not because I deserve anything. It's because of Jesus Christ. And I am so thankful that God provides for my needs, and he provides for your needs, and he promised to do so. And I want you to think just for a moment, what are the most basic things that you and I need? What are the most basic things that you and I need? Food and clothing, right? Food and clothing are just two of the most basic things that you and I need. And again, we see Jesus in Matthew 15, 36, and he, and he, he shows how he cares for the most basic things that we need. Matthew 15, 36, and he took, uh, took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them, gave thanks to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. Here's this multitude of people. They're hungry. Does, God, does Jesus say, that's all right, you, you, should have brought, you should have packed a lunch. <laughs> Tough, cookies, you know, you didn't bring any. No. He says, what do we have? Bring it together. Let me show people how much I care for them. He stopped, took time, helped provide for the most basic needs of that multitude. What a great reminder to you and me that he cares for our needs. And Jesus says, would you like an object lesson about how much I care for you? You know, you can just look at the lilies. 